right, this is the third Rob the Hockey Guy podcast presented by Vaz City Buzz. I'm Jazz Kang, hosting with Rob Williams. Hi, everybody. And we've got a special guest with us today. Want to introduce yourself? Sure. You call me Omar Kanak. I'm a writer with Vaz City Buzz as well. Okay, Omar, are you excited to be here with us today? Or are of course, you? I'm okay. really excited. <laughs> you're lacking a lot of enthusiasm while you're saying that. Okay, okay, right? This is, this is, no, this <laughs> I'm not enough to drink it. This is the day that this, this podcast became a real podcast. Yeah. We now, we have, get, we have a guest on. That's right, it's going mainstream. It's going the big time right now, right, with Omar on here. So. Yeah, no, yeah, we're not starting off slow, right? We're going straight up, straight up to Omar. And you're right. saying I'm making it legit. That's right. Wow. Yeah. What an honor. <laughs> Okay, Omar, do you know some of the basic rules about the Rob the Hockey Guy podcast? I know nothing about anything. Okay, well, explain to one. One is, this guy's the total egomaniac, right? So, That's right. So That's right. make sure yeah. we're catering to his needs and make sure he's okay, right, within yeah. his feelings. Yeah. Number two, there's one guy that we always bash on. Do you know who it is? I know who it is. Okay, let's see if he's actually listened. Let's see if he's actually <laughs> listened. Who do you think it is? Well, I bet it's Yannick Hansen, since you're a Canucks fan. Yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> Okay, Omar, what are your thoughts on Yannick Hansen? You want to know my thoughts on Yannick Hansen? Well, yeah, we'd like to know. I want to know your thoughts on Yannick Hansen. Are you on the Yannick Hansen hype train? I'm going to tell you something. I have a problem with the the way you guys talk about Yannick Hansen. I have a problem with the way Canucks Nation talks about Yannick Hansen. Um, Wow, that's interesting. Okay, (laughs) okay, let's hear it. I have a problem with the way everyone in Vancouver piles on Yannick Hansen when he's given a couple of games on the top line. I read tweets about this, and everyone out there replies, Oh, I just think he's a miscast. He's miscast as a top six forward. Like, come on, guys. When you tweet that to me, do you even realize that that thought has been inception into your brain? Do you realize you're regurgitating a line straight from Jeff Patterson's mouth, who took the idea from Blake Price, who took it from Botch, who took it from, oh, I don't know, iMac? Okay, I'm joking about the iMac part. <laughs> but really, who even came up with that miscast as a top six forward line in the first place? Is that supposed to be a revelation? Of course Hansen's miscast as a top six forward. On a good team, he's not one. He's a great bottom six player who, when someone goes down, can move up to fill a spot. Last week, I heard Tony Gallagher on the radio. And when it was suggested that Hansen might be getting rewarded for all of his hard work, Gallagher said... I didn't realize they were running a social program. I thought they were trying to win games. (laughs) (laughs) That is the kind of short-sighted thinking everyone in Vancouver is guilty of right now when it comes to Hanson. Do you know which recent Canucks head coach always put wins ahead of relationships with the players? Let me give you a hint. The coach guy that should start a rookie goaltender in the Heritage Classic because it gave the team the best chance to win. Instead of giving his number one guy a start he'd been looking forward to all season, and one he had earned through years of hard work. Pretty sure I don't have to tell you, I'm talking about John Tortorella, who the Sedins still adore, by the way. Torts, a.k.a. Demolition Man, didn't care about running a social program. Torts cared so little about relationships with players that he didn't even talk to Alex Burroughs until the end of December. Anyways, back to Hansen and the way Willie Desjardins runs things. Hansen is a fourth-line player on Desjardins' team when the roster is full. He plays 10 minutes a night and is asked to forecheck his ass off, create turnovers, play strong defensively, and then do high-pitched interviews afterwards. <laughs> and he goes and does it like his life depends on it. <laughs> Why does he do it? One thing that helps is how Desjardins dangles that juicy piece of fruit in front of the entire bottom six. Both Tom Sestito and Dale Weiss have said that they never knew where they stood with Tortorella. He'd tell them they were playing well, and he'd give them three minutes of playing time in the next game. Why would they even bother doing it again? You tell me. 
Honey Badger, he sees the dangling fruit, and as everyone knows from the YouTube video, he takes what he wants. One more thing, that comedy hour that ensues on Twitter every time Hanson misses a breakaway is hilarious. I mean, seriously, it's just brilliant, guys. Tweets like, Hanson, don't even bother, lol. Or, oh, when Hanson gets a puck, I puke a bit in my mouth. Genius, guys. Hanson skates so damn hard and so fast that he creates two partial breakaways for himself a game. Yeah, it's too bad he doesn't magically transform into Pavel Bury when that happens, but he still pushes back the, the opponent's defense. In that game against Ottawa, he retrieves the puck and he passes it to a teammate, leading directly to that overtime goal. But people don't see the positives, do they? So yes, Willie Desjardins is running a social club. His goal is to keep every player on the roster invested in every single game, in every shift he plays, and he wants this to last all season and in the seasons to come. A coach who thinks about the mindset of his players and keeping them motivated? The Canucks want that. And a player who works his ass off for a team night in and night out? The Canucks need that. Okay, I'm done, guys. Whoa, wow. That was beautiful. Rack them. Rack them. Remember Jim Rome? No, no. What happened to Jim no, Rome? No, Jim Rome. They have callers. The smack off? In. Is that what it is? Yeah, they come in yeah, and yeah. Go, go off on a tangent for like 10 minutes and then he goes, rack them. <laughs> that was Omar right there, man. No, I, I think you I think you raise a lot of great points. I mean, uh, Hansen is a useful bottom six player. He <laughs> is miscast. No, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, of course, he's say anybody that says he's miscast as a top six player. Of course, but yeah. anybody they were going to put on there was going to be miscast as a top six player, right? Maybe except Cassian, but he was injured anyways, right? Yeah, but Cassian's never got a chance to play. I mean, he did with the Sedins a couple of times. He scored a few goals, I remember. I mean, he might not have been consistent in terms of defensively, and you want him out there against another team's top line. But at this point, I mean, when Verbata is not unable to play, why wouldn't you give Cassian a try? Because the Sedins well, are basically injured. useless. He was injured, right? Like, I, that's what I, and that's what I mean. I think, like, if they had thrown Cassian in that spot, I think everybody would, be in, would have said, yeah, it makes sense, right? But Cassian's injured, so who do you go to? Personally, I would have gone with Nicholas Jensen. And yeah, I yeah. know he's the call-up, and he's you know he, it's not like he's in the lineup regularly, and Willie Desjardins maybe not as familiar with him, uh, but he has a higher upside, right? So that's that's the thing. Hansen's the safe pick, right? He's kind of like he's, he's safe because he ain't gonna security, do anything. He sucks <laughs> on the top right? line. On the top line, I agree with what you guys are saying. Yeah. He's a great bottom six player. You need those type of guys, right? Yeah. Every every team has to have. So you want to put Jensen in there because of the upside. I understand yeah. that, but he wants to reward his players who have been working. Working sure. your tails off for him all season, right? I definitely want to see Jensen's upside too. Of course, I want to see that. I want to see what he can do there, but let him work himself up to it. But is that be- you know? is that an option over producing yeah. wins? I mean, do you think that produces wins where you're saying, "Hey, I want this guy to feel good about himself because he's played well." So you know, he ha- he's shown this time and time again. He's not capable of playing on the first line, but hey, he's working hard. So let's just give him top line minutes well, anyway. I don't know if you're guaranteed to win or if you're guaranteed. Oh, your chances of actually- winning, I think, decrease I'm because the Sedins sure aren't that. as good, right? No, they, they don't, they don't it's safe produce to put much. Hansen up there, and they're still going to be good with Hansen. And they still were. You saw it. Yeah, you know, I, I think they were you know, the, thing, the thing with Hansen is that he doesn't have the hands, and the, and the trouble with the Sidians right now is that they have two passers, and no, and, yeah. and, and neither, one of them, neither one of them are really a great finisher right now. Danielson used to be. He doesn't shoot the puck hardly anymore. I mean, 
Yeah, ever since the Duncan looks, Key thing and that, yeah, and well, uh, you know, no, he hasn't been he the just, same since he just that year, right? Yeah, I mean, his his wrist shot doesn't seem to have the same pop. I don't know if it's that or if he's just not looking well, for it. If he has the confidence, I don't know. Henrik but, called him out last week, right? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, he tweeted yeah. something about that. How he he said, "I think we're bad as a shoot first player, and I think Daniel needs to do more of that." Exactly, I totally it. agree. I mean, Henrik, you want to do all the crazy Henrik things that he does? I kind of give that a pass. But when Daniel does it, and he's good at it as well, you know when I say crazy Henrik things, right? Just like hold yeah. on to the puck, hold on to the puck. He's on a break. The other game, like, was it a week ago where he was on a basically on a breakaway and like turned up and passed it off to somebody else? Like, you not know. just Henrik though. I mean, yeah, no, all gonna, no, I think you know, it's one of those things. Him. When you see Henrik do that, you're like, ah, it's just Henrik being Henrik, right? But he scored 29, right? The year before they 2009-10, before they were dominant. When he won the, when heart, he won the heart Trophy, yep. I mean, he scored 29 goals, so he can do it. So maybe he needs to have some of that mentality too, right? Because yeah. there is always a lot of options. And I'm a big fan of Sedin's, always have been. I'm not, never gonna rag on them and and say they're not capable of it. But I mean. What we're seeing from Henrik and Daniel, yeah, you're right. They're, Daniel's been a great setup guy because he sets up Bravada pretty much almost every time he's scoring. But at the same time, they need, like right now, they're sixth in the league in goals per game, which is damn good, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at it on the opposite side, are they maybe missing? I'm not saying you can't guarantee anything, but are they missing on an extra goal here and there, you know, per two, three games because of these guys? Yeah, they hang on to the puck a little bit too long. I, I mean, I also, I think it makes them susceptible uh, against good teams and against well-coached teams and against and in, in a playoff series, if you have two setup men and one finisher, take away the finisher, you take away the top line. Yeah. Right? So I think I think that's why da- they need Daniel. Daniel Sedin has to be a goal scorer. He has to be a thirty goal scorer for them for, to have be a legit cup yeah, contender. Almost, yeah, right? yeah. Or just you know just to make this team to to go further than. First round exit. But does he have it on anymore, right? Like oh, that's I guess it, that's we it. We saw it in the two overtime goals there. He scored, yeah, that was there. They were beautiful, right? I mean, he's got to do but it even, more often. Even right? the, I mean, the the last his last uh, OT goal, which was like it was brilliant by the Sedins. It was just an amazing, it yeah, was such a Sedin kind of goal. Daniel is on the goal line in the corner. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he made, yeah, <laughs> and that was a gorgeous shot. That. But you know what I mean? Like if you get. Are you picking? Like, are you picking on that goal? Are you saying it was a bad goal? Yeah, yeah. What's your problem? Beautiful. Are we saying it's just a good like, goal? That's it. I just feel like I feel <laughs> like, like, I feel like they should. They. I think they just fooled everybody because they're like, "Wow, well, Henrik's." Surely Henrik's not going to pass off this opportunity <laughs> right in front of the goalie. He passes it to the quarter. Uh, yeah, I just think that makes him susceptible, right? I mean, they have to have an element of that in their game, but they've got to mix in a little bit, a little bit of just kind of meat and potatoes hockey. We saw what happens when they like did that last year. Yeah. I don't you want... Rafi is like, oh, they need to shoot more. Like, how long has they Rafi been watching do, hockey, but, first of all? Yeah, you try to. Stop telling the Sedins to shoot more. I know like, they, they have... the Sedins. They, they need have, to, I, I agree with Henrik... Maybe in the role when he has Daniel and Redeem Bravada, he could be the setup guy. But Daniel Sedin needs to shoot more. That is one thing I can I, say, especially this year compared to last. I mean, last year, I mean, you know, he's just not, uh, he's awesome. Like, they're both great not, players, right? Not, like, rag on them when they're cycling the puck too much. Yeah. And they're making, like, you know. And they're playing awesome. They're basically a point of game right passes. now, right? On the power play, sometimes they will make one too many passes. But that's because they're trying to make sure that when that shot comes in, it's it's in the net. But, right? yeah. Not just in the goalie's crest. I think that works against the bad teams a lot more. I mean, obviously, everything works more against the bad teams than the good teams. But I think they really become susceptible against good teams trying to do those those extra the extra little cute pass. Um, I love it when it works. I love it. But when they play the Kings, 
somebody hits, hits one of them on their butt before they get a chance to complete that. But I don't know. Play. I don't know if that. I don't know if the their performance against the better teams is a reflection of them. I think it's a reflection of the lack of depth, maybe, and at top flight depth in the lineup, right? Because if those guys are getting shut down, that's why the Kings and Blackhawks are so hard to play against in the playoffs. If you shut down Kopitar, Justin Williams, of all people, will come in yeah. and score some goals, or you know, uh, they'll get goals from Carter. Last year it was Toffoli and Pearson. The Chicago is the same thing. They're so deep, right? And those guys in the playoffs, that happens. I mean, that one year, Crosby barely even scored against the, the Bruins because Zdeno Char was guarding him the whole time, right? Or playing defense on. Yeah, there's a reason Duncan Keith has, you know, he's won the, well, he's been a, what, a nominee for the Norris? Yeah. And, I, mean, I think he's won. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's won too. Nominee. Like, these guys are the best defensemen in the league. That's why it's hard to play against them. So, yeah. You need secondary scoring in those situations, right? So basically, the whole point of our this last recent conversation is that we don't know what happened with the Sadiq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good, they're bad, we don't know, okay? Uh, we got, well, you know, this is a, a big stretch here. They've been off for a few days, 12 and 6. They got the Edmonton Oilers coming up first. And then we got Ryan Kessler coming in at the end of this week. Are you guys looking forward to it? And should how would you guys think will Kessler be received by the fans in Vancouver? What do you think, Omar? You know what? I think I think if he's booed, I don't have a problem with it, and I don't I don't like booing our past players much. Um, you know, he gave this city a lot of good years, but the way he treated his fans last year that was real yeah. garbage. He lied to people. I mean, he lied boldface to the camera, right? Like this is all hearsay. He made his teammates lie for him, and fine, it's one thing if you're gonna lie, and at the end of it all come out and say something to, to the fans who supported you for years, right? Like, we loved him. Not we. I mean, the fans mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. loved him like he was family, right? Yeah. They, they supported him. And last year, when all these rumors were flying around, there were so many people like, I'm not going to believe it until the words come out yeah. of his own mouth, right? So many people would fight back, even though, like, Botch was reporting it. Um, people from the Olympics were reporting it. People did not believe it because they wanted to stand by Kessler. And he doesn't come out at the end of it and yeah. thank people. Like, he did. He did thank people on Twitter. I know that. I mean, after it all happened, I, I know that he was yeah, just going to quick, you know, hey, thank you guys for an amazing. I love the city. The yeah, fans, I love and everything. the city. I had fun here. But I mean, what else do? What else? Pavel, Pavel, Pavel Burry never. Pavel Burry never thanked anyone. No, yeah, Pavel Burry. Well, I, I, I don't, don't think he could really. Get, I don't think he could get it across too well that he wanted to thank people. But <laughs> let's not get into well, Pavel Burry yet. But look at Trevor Linden when he had to lie this summer for one day because um, you know they asked him are you the whatever, president <laughs> yeah, he yeah. lied that morning on, yeah. the, on the, the Daily Show or whatever it was and the next day he called the, the guy who had interviewed him and he apologized yeah. right to him firsthand and then he apologized to everyone in the city for lying that's a person who regrets the fact that he had to lie and did not want to do it in the first place yeah but Kessler Ryan also has a he's the I think he's a bit of a douche in terms of how he handles himself in terms with you know, he's I would, douche, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a douchebag. So he should boo his ass. Basically, the way I, to answer the question, yes, Omar, he should be booed, <laughs> and he should be booed thoroughly for how he left. That's you know, the truth. You know what? I you actually, appreciate yeah. your fans, right? I actually hold no remorse for him lying about saying that he didn't want out because the story kind of got out. I mean, it got out because he was drunk in Sochi and telling everybody in the bar he wanted out of Vancouver. But once that that got out, he, I think, I think the best move for the organization was for him to say. No, no, I don't want out. I like playing here, blah, blah, blah. Agreed. And he kind of said it in a way where you kind of knew you that could he, tell he kind of took, you could tell. Yeah, you could tell that he's just but kind of covering it up. I, but I think that I think that's what he had to do. The thing that the, the really the, the biggest thing for me uh, that I hold a grudge against him for is demanding out and then only giving the Canucks two teams 
the Ducks in Chicago, where he'd like to go. And did it eventually get narrowed to one? Didn't he just say it's well, Anaheim or no? Well, it was mm-hmm. Chicago right? didn't. No, well, I don't. I don't know That's if it was that. I think it was yeah. Chicago didn't have the cap space, so Chicago was never really going to be a player for him. Uh, so it was really it was Anaheim or bust, right? And I mean, really, the entire NHL, you're only willing to go to those two spots. I mean, I that was a bit of a that was a bit of a dick move. But on the way why up. did he want out of Vancouver in the first place, anyways? Like this city supports him, they push him, they encourage him, they brought him up from when he was a rookie. If that I mean, is true, yeah, I think if it is, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, the lack of loyalty is pretty astounding yeah, on his yeah. part if you look at it like that. But at the same time. If that is true that the players voted that they didn't want him to be the assistant captain, I wouldn't want to play on a team. I don't think any of you guys would want to be on this on a team that these guys are saying, "Hey, you know, we don't like this guy." They're basically downgrading your authority position on the team and saying, "Hey, we don't want you as a leader anymore." Do you want to be around those guys still? No, hell no. I mean, he's a hockey player first and foremost. Well, what came right? first, right? I mean, I. That came first. That that, yeah. that would have came first if it's all true. I mean, again, it's all we don't know. A lot of the stuff is that we read, right? So. That, that's a tough that, that's a tough position to be in do you want to be around 20 guys all the time and playing hard and and he still played hard last year I mean, you can't say yeah. that he didn't right he worked his ass off till the end of the well, year he didn't take games that, off like true. Vince Carter leaving the Raptors even for an example yeah. like he wanted out his points per game dropped like 12 13 points per game remember he said he wasn't going to dunk anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty douchey yeah. too yeah. right yeah. No, that's, that's even worse but I think I think with, with Kessler that's why I think I'm on the fence about this because he, he was a warrior for the Canucks for 10 seasons was he cocky? Sure. Was he probably a bit of a jerk? Probably. Uh, did he not pass enough? Yes. But he put his body on the line. He bought it every night. All that, the that. time. Even yeah, when, even before, remember, even before, I remember, uh, what was it, 06, 07, even before he'd established himself as a, as a top six player, he, when he injured himself, he was out pretty much the whole year, fought back to get back into the first playoff game. And then broke his hand blocking a shot in the first playoff game. Against but you know, the, you know what the problem with Ryan Kessler is, and you guys got to think about this when you're dating someone, <laughs> and, and you, you have a good ten year run with him. It doesn't matter. You never look back at it. The first time you see him after you broke up with him, you still remember the fact that hey, you know that's it. It was over. It ended on shitty terms. Yeah. And that's it. So no, Ryan Kessler should be booed, treated like crap. People should throw things at him the same way they did with Steve Francis. And that's it. Okay. Because <laughs> the way he left, yes, he was a total jerk about it so he has you know your comparison to Pavel Bray as well Pavel Bray was treated <laughs> like crap from the moment he got here right we've heard all these stories Paquin with Paquin the, yeah, yeah. And all, you know all that stuff right he was not treated like he should have been and no wonder he wanted to leave then they promised him they'd trade him and they didn't trade him for what two years I mean they had the contract issue thing I think right that, there was, that was a lot coming of up. stuff a lot going of stuff. on there that we had no idea about and I guarantee Kessler was not treated like dirt in the city because Gillis, right? He treated his players like gold from every one of them. I'm gonna let this one go. I made him. <laughs> I, I I've made my feelings known before on the internet and about Bray, but me and Pavel made amends at before his jersey retirement when he came back. And I, yeah, I thought, it's all good with Pavel. I, thought, I, 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 I love Pavel very much. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I do. Th- I do think. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm not quite on that end of the spectrum with Bray, but I'm I'm not filled with hate as I once was with him. You know what? I don't really do. Can you say that you really hate Kessler? Like I was watching him play again when they were playing Anaheim, right? And you saw some of the things you. We talked about this on one of the pod. We like he's gonna play his ass off, which he did. I mean, he played real hard. He yeah. was trying to throw a hard check. I'm just like, yeah, he's good, but I mean, 
see you later, man. It was time to go. You know, peace. Hello. It's not like he's a 90-point-a-game guy where he just Look, dominates. I don't, I don't I mean, think the three of us are going to be the ones booing him, but yeah. I was just saying if people in the stands boo, I yeah. won't look at them like they're more yeah. like at the time. Like when they <laughs> boo Luongo after a bad game, come yeah. on, guys. Like it's one bad game. Yeah, he kind of got a rough game, game. Like whatever it is, you know? Yeah. I often look at the fans I, like... You know what? I think with Kessler, the reason why I'm not filled with anger about him is because I think... They had to. They had to move somebody. They couldn't continue on with Sabines and Kessler and all the same BX and all these guys year after year after year. They had to move somebody. They're filled with no trade clauses. They had to get younger. So if one guy is gonna say I want out, it was probably good for the team. I mean, I good for management. Well, well everyone last year was saying let's shake up the core. Right? I think it's. I think it's. And they were like naming different people. Is it Edler? Is it Piazza? Should we should we trade Kessler? Right, all those names. I are think being it was. Out there. But so I think it was good for the Vancouver Canucks that they moved on from Kessler. I just wish Kessler didn't screw them over on the way out by getting them a worse return. Um, you know that Ducks trade. They should have had a higher that that uh, the nine pick was it well, nine or ten it, I think or the one the, the one they got from Ottawa anyways in the Bobby Ryan deal. That should be in the first round pick. We get that pick back. We're feeling great, and we move forward, right? Well, you know, I, I think what um, with Jim Benning, I think his whole attitude was, "Hey, I want to come in and." I don't know, like, we're just basing this off what we see. I don't get to talk to the players on a regular basis or anything. But you see them playing, they do seem genuinely happier. Like, he's bought in a good environment, good atmosphere for the team. Willie Desjardins, I think, is a, like you were saying, he's a positive coach. He does that. He brings out uh, a side of players that is like, I'm, I like coming to work every day, which is, it is their job, as great as a job it is. You know what I mean? They, lo- they like coming there. And I think that was instilled. He had to make that move right away because what I was reading was that Benning, I think Botchford put this in one of the, I want to say the Provies, was yeah. that um, basically when that trade, the Provi- when the trade. That's the province's six pack? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. okay. Not yeah. as good as this, Omar, <laughs> but you know, it's a secondary to that, right? Okay. But he um, he mentioned in there that basically Benning was willing to make him sit and wait and say, well, either show up to training camp or expand your list, or we're not going to trade you, right? And the, the players wanted him out. So that again, that's a reflection of of what yep. the kind of environment he wants to bring in, and I think he's done a really good job of that until this point. Yeah, that was like an addition by subtraction move, right? Yeah. And get this negative presence away from this team yeah. and let them start moving forward. Yeah. It was a good move. And, you know, Gillis did not do that with his Luongo and Schneider situation. For quick a long time, quick, quick question for you guys. Zach Cassian, where do you guys see his ceiling being? Is he get, is Will he develop into a legitimate top six? He's only about 23, oh, yeah. 24 years old, right? Will he develop, or do you guys think this is the what, what we're seeing out of Cassian is basically what we're going to get? I don't know, Omar, are you a casting guy? Bertuzzi, he's going to be the next Bertuzzi. <laughs> he's huge. He is a big boy. I really think so. I, I do think he's going to be great. Um, you We've seen his hands. Right? The yeah. guy can pass. He can score. He just needs to be given the minutes. And I, th- I think you give him more playing time, he'll learn the defensive side. He'll learn how he has to play there. But there's a lot of players in this league who aren't that good defensively, but they're still trotted out there uh, night after night to score and to produce, right? Yeah. Ovechkin... Um, Jason Spezza, they talk about him like he's really bad defensively, but he creates points, so put him out there. And I think Cassian will do the same. You know what? I see a lot of Bertuzzi and Cassian, but I, unfortunately I see a lot of the things that drove me nuts about Bertuzzi and Cassian. Um, I think he has all of the negative aspects of that Bertuzzi had, and he has not enough of what Bertuzzi did well and I, I I had a Bertuzzi jersey when he played there I loved him <laughs> yeah I, did. But, I love Bertuzzi but too he's I, one of my all time favorite I, I don't I don't think I think Cassian in a lot of ways is a bit of a perimeter player 
with the puck. He makes these great little passes, sure. But I, I, th- I, I think you need more than that. I mean, if he maybe he develops it, sure. But I'd, I'd like to see him make some more power moves to the net. I'd like to see him be a beast. In fr- Remember Bertuzzi was a just an absolute warrior in front of the net. He used to get cross-checked you know, pre, uh, pre-lockout NHL where you could just cross-check the crap out of him in front of the net. I'd like to see a little bit more of that out of, out of the Cassian. Of course, he's inconsistent and everything right now. I'm not as bothered by that. I think that's something that young players grow out of. But what's, I mean, is Cassian, when's he going to develop? Age 25 and then power forwards usually taper off mm-hmm. age 28? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I mean, I, I, he, I mean, he drives me, he drives me abs- more nuts than anybody on the team. The, the skill is there and you, and you, I think you've hitched your wagon to him. You've got to see what he develops and hopefully he turns into the guy that, Omar thinks it's going to turn into. <laughs> I hope he does, yeah. but I have, I seriously have my doubts. You know, Bertuzzi was in his like fifth or sixth year before he had a massive season, right? Yeah. Um, the Sedins, how many years were they in? The they NHL took a long before? time to, yeah. There are players who take a long time, so you gotta, yeah. you gotta be patient with these guys and realize, you know, if he, if he has hands like he does and the size like he does. Well, especially he, the big boys like that too. I think you find that with him. I mean, potential. he. Exa- doesn't exactly scream genius. No, no offense <laughs> to the guy, right? But if he's trying to pick up like the little intricacies of hockey, yeah. it's they, they, like you're saying. It takes time for guys to develop, and some guys come on at 27, 28, and he's only 23, 24. This is what third year with the Canucks, right? I mean, you gotta you gotta give him some time. I don't think anybody should give up on him. I think he gets a lot of flack for really nothing too. Right at this point, he's a third line guy. So play him as is. Don't expect anything too much from him. But his upside, I want to see him, yeah, develop into a big-time power forward who can score 25, 30 goals a, uh, a year. But he is a second-line guy, Jazz. Come on. Ultimately? Or right <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. We saw him down the stretch last year. He played. He, he, looked, he, played well. he looked like he belonged. And look who he's playing with, too, right? Like, was exactly. it R- uh, Richardson and Matthias exactly. last year? Was it were his yeah. line mates? I mean... You know, give him, and that's what we're saying. We're back to what we you know. Oh, it always circles back to Yannick Hansen, obviously. Every good <laughs> discussion. No, but, if Cassian had been healthy when this whole thing was going on last week and the week before with Verbata's injury, yes, Cassian should be playing alongside. Yeah, him. I would have loved Without to see. Him, I would have loved to see Hansen. it. Yes, it's really too bad. Bad timing on that injury. Have you guys been to any games in person this year? That's fine. Yep. How are you guys yep. finding the atmosphere at, at Rogers Arena? <laughs> well. As I'm sure you've read about yes. uh, in, in Density Buzz, uh, I am a bit—I uh, don't know—I was going to say appalled. I'm not appalled, but it's boy, it's quiet. It's really quiet at yeah. games. Um, and the and the the thing I wrote about in, uh, in in my last article about it was I was at the Senators Canucks game, and there were some Senators fans there, and they were there was this one guy who was just giving it to the rest of the Canucks fans and he was just and he wasn't giving it to them about like the way they play he wasn't talking about no Stanley Cups he was just saying like it's so quiet in here and, yeah. he just, and then he just get, it was kind of the recurring joke where he just kind of be making fun of people and then when one, yeah and that's what I mean I'm like when, I'm like yeah you wouldn't have much weight if you're talking about no Stanley like, Cups like, <laughs> yeah. Senators Senators fans are making fun of us oh my god what does that say I mean What's next, Florida Panthers fans? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, when both of them come up here and and, uh, (laughs) give us hell, right? But, yeah, and it just, and I I really, I had no comeback. Um, And I'm just thinking, I'm like, you're totally right. And it was, it it can be deathly quiet. It's like a library at times, especially early in a game, especially if there hasn't hasn't been a goal. It's really quiet. Has it ever been a really... 
one of those buildings that you come into, you're like, whoa, it's going to be rocking today. I mean, I remember, and this is Game 7 because I was watching it on you know, ESPN Classic. They had the Canucks Bruins Game 7 on. I finally had the stomach to watch it for like four minutes before I was just disgusted <laughs> and turned it off, right? But... I noticed that even during a like, game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, it was it didn't feel like a game. You know, the atmosphere did not feel like that, and the building wasn't into it, and it wasn't. And they didn't score that first goal till late in the first period, right? And you didn't really get to hear really? too. Yeah, the building did, was not that loud. Down your right. I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember. I, I think I remember writing about it before that game, saying like, okay. You, as fans in a big game like that, you almost have to fake it. Like you almost have to just, yeah, you, do. you have to just be loud. And like, if there's a questionable call, you have to yeah. be like, oh! like, and you have to kind of do that. And I almost feel like I'm, I'm at games now and I almost feel like I have to fake it. I have to really? fake being loud or I, I and, and it's really awkward to be loud yeah. now because everybody else is so quiet. quiet it's yeah. really hard to just, to to be the the one guy yelling in your section? Yeah, you just look like a freak, right? Everybody's yeah. looking at you like, what's wrong I, with this guy? I had right? a lot of people kind of respond to, to my article about it and say that, well, it's the problem is security at Rogers Arena. They're throwing people out for, for cheering now or for yelling and this and that, which, I mean, I've never seen that personally. I, a few people that I, that I, you know, respect their opinion and I, they're not making it up. Have said that no, they've seen people cheering too loud and standing and whatnot. And been told, told to kind of calm down. Yeah, and I mean, my initial reaction to all that is like, yeah, if the guy's just standing up randomly in front of me, yeah, that would piss me off too. Like, don't do that. But just cheer in your seat, and when there's something big, jump out of your seat. Sure. It's hard. To, it's hard gone. to get that's like gone. that. It's hard to get like that because I, I find that too. I, I mean, I usually try and go to about three or four games a year, but anytime I've been there. It, it's, it is like a funeral, man. Like my whole section that I sit in, which is 323. Yeah. I feel sorry for anybody who else does sit there, but man, it is shout like... Shout out to 323? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to... No, I know shout out to 323. <laughs> everybody in that section, including myself when I'm there, just quiet as hell. It's like nobody's there, man. And you're sitting there and, you know, there's a big play. You might have the audience when they do a good shift and you get a few, you know, golf claps going through the arena. Yeah. But other than that, it, it's like a morgue, man. There's no noise. It's just quiet. Everybody's sitting there... Some people are looking at their phones. Some people are just picking their ass and watching the the you know the big screen. Nobody's really doing much, and yeah. I don't know if that's a reflection because I think Canucks fans are pretty rowdy. Like if you've seen it, if you're out. I went out to a bar to watch one of the playoff games Sweet. at Game Five against Boston, and it was awesome. Yeah. But maybe is are they being oh you know priced out because it is way too damn expensive well, for regular think, seats, yeah, right? You gotta look at the fact that we're seventeen. How many games into the schedule now? Eighteen games into the schedule. Yeah. Um, why would people be excited this early in the year, first of all? Okay. They're 12-6, baby! That, that's why, right? Who goes to the games this early in the season? It's like, it's, you know, the, the owners of the seats are giving them away to people at their, you know, at their companies or whatever they are. And there's a lot of noobs in the stands, right? Um, but you know what? It's like, that, it's like that in Montreal. And they're, they're one of the loudest ranks in the yeah, league. Yeah, no, Montreal had a good run. They went to the, what, the conference final know, last year. There's excitement. I feel there's like the Canucks are, are different than any other city right now. If any, or not any other city, but any other city in Canada, if they started like this, maybe except for Ottawa, no, I, really <laughs> uh, I think I think are a lot louder. I, I think it's, it's yeah. a weird thing. I, it's, it's different now than it was pre-2011. You know that was a team on the rise and everything, but it's even different. This is even different from remember the uh, the first year that Luongo got here, and that yeah. was like one of the yeah. most defensive, boring Jan teams Bullish. ever. Uh, yeah, but they yeah, won, yeah. but they won games, right? Yeah, people were a lot louder then than they are now, and it's and it's. And it's not just the lower bowl guy on his cell phone. It's the people in the upper top, bowl. Yeah. It's, it's it's I have to say it's guys like me now. I feel weird 
yelling and cheering at games because nobody else is anymore. Yeah. And you know, you know how you know that it's filled with people who aren't really hockey fans and stuff. They do the wave when it's a tie game with four <laughs> minutes left in the third period. Because the screen told them to do it, right? Yeah. That's, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. That's true. The yeah. screen told them to do it. But why are they doing that? They should be oh. sitting there and watching the game and riveted at the action. This is a tie game. Unbelievable. And I think that stigma... Somebody, to- somebody was trying to start the wave at that Arizona game on Friday. Oh, no. You know where they got... Where they trying to do that? Uh, I can't remember. I mean, it must have been when they were, they were down. They, I remember they were losing. They were definitely losing. So it they must did, have been when they were down like three. They did do a wave in, in the second. Yeah. Place. yeah. At a game like that, when nothing's going on, okay, that's a good time for a wave. And that's it's not an entire game. That's the point where I'm at now. Where I, I th- I'm like, I'm to the point where I'm like, any noise, I'll t- I'll even take a wave when it's a tie no, game, right? Yeah, the wave is pretty bad. Wave, 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 I have a few beers in me, and it starts. I'll get up and do it. If I'm sober, then no, no, there's no, 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 no. Good when when you're at a BC Lions game and a couple of drunk guys stand up and run down to the front and they're like, "Let's do the yeah. one, two, three, go!" And then ten people do it, yeah. right? and then they do it again, and then twenty people do it, and you, you get a real. You, know you know what's a big pet peeve of mine at a hockey game, and I don't know why I can't stand this is you know when they show the fans on the on the screen. It's like if you're over the age of maybe twelve, you probably shouldn't be dancing like you just won a million dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. you're on the goddamn big screen, yeah. big deal, right? Yeah. And you see like grown adults sitting there dancing and going prancing up and down. You're like, just calm the hell down, dude. Right? <laughs> like it's summer. It's, isn't it embarrassing? Are you guys find as an adult, but I'll as take a civilized it. I'll adult. Take it. I, I will take it. No, honestly, I love, <laughs> I love watching people when they get the camera on them and yeah. they realize it's it funny. and they start acting like morons. Yeah, yeah. that makes me laugh. It's embarrassing, man. Because they're getting ten seconds of fame in front of. What eighteen thousand fans at a game? <laughs> it's really yeah. not. It's not like it's being broadcast on TV, right? It's just yeah. the in-house people. Yeah. Um, okay, ultimately, let's let's kind of should we try and wrap it up on this? Is sure. Are the Canucks going to be a playoff team this season? We're eighteen uh, games into the year, basically, we're almost at the quarter pole, right? Coming up after the weekend. I guess I'll say before this season, I thought they would be the best team in the Western Conference to not make the playoffs. That was. Pretty much my prediction, and they'd be on the cusp of making it, but I, ultimately I didn't think that they, they would make it. After seeing what I've seen so far, I'm I'm kind of flip-flopping a little bit. I think they'll be the probably the worst team in the Western Conference to make the playoffs. Okay. So I, I think jumping they up might, a whopping one spot. Well, yeah, yeah, they got a couple. Yeah, hey, they got they got a you know they got four points out of California, so that that changes the uh, point the perception right? of it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I think I think they might squeak in. Omar. Yeah, they're gonna make the playoffs for sure. Yeah. You know what? They played Anaheim, and they were they were not competitive in that game. They were better than Anaheim was, um, and they beat most of the teams they're supposed to beat. They've been competitive in the te- against the teams they're they're you know. We thought they might lose to, so they're they're in good standing here. Why wouldn't they make the playoffs? They're yeah. a good team, and Miller steals games, and Lack. Both yeah. of them are good goalies, so they're going to steal a couple of games this year. They're yeah. going to steal more than a couple of games, and they're going to compete in games. I think also to look at the competition, the teams that if if the Canucks are going to make the playoffs, that you'd hope would drop off because you know I mean even if I don't care if, if LA if they weren't in a playoff spot right now. Which they are, but if they weren't, I know LA is going to turn around and they're they'll be there, at least, right? Yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not getting excited about that. But Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado have had pretty poor starts to the regular season, and they needed that, and they're and getting the points are, right now. When they those can, are the right? teams so. that you got to be, and also Fe- or Arizona, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not having a good start to the season, those are the teams that you've got to beat. And the Cal- Cal- Calgary's having a great start to the season yeah. too, right? I mean, but Calgary's, Calgary's like the well, opposite of LA for me. Where yeah. I I don't care how good yeah. Calgary starts, they're not making it. Okay, here's another question. Because we kind of all agree that there will be a playoff team. If the playoffs started today and they were matched up against Anaheim or LA in the first round, do they get out of it? <laughs> no. So it's first round, one and done. They'll make the playoffs. Probably. That's where it ends. Yep. Okay. I, I think so. I mean, I think they, how many games do they get off LA? One, probably losing five. Ooh, man, that sounds bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but LA, they don't LA, LA, LA always sleepwalks through part of the regular yeah. season, so LA they probably won't finish first. So they probably don't play. LA is probably destined to finish second or third in the in the Pacific, right? So that yeah. means the Canucks would have to finish second or third to play them. I don't think they play them. I just hope they don't have to play the crossover against like Chicago in the first round. I just, I just <laughs> wouldn't want to see that. As much fun as it would be, I think Chicago would no, beat these would guys be pretty fun. handily. No, but LA would be the worst matchup. Those guys, there's something about that team. They're a playoff performer, right? And and they just I mean, shot the they're just big and they shot the scenes down. But there's a they're lot of players yeah. on that team. Right? Well, just look at their. They I mean, they're, they're just absolutely low. Drew Downey having... plays better in big games. We've seen this, right? Sure. When he's playing on Team Canada stage and in the playoffs, he plays better. He yep. just steps up. He starts doing these crazy spinoramas at the blue line and just <laughs> yeah. getting but shots. But just like their, their depth is just unbelievable yeah. too. Yeah. And they're all, and they're just big, gritty. Yeah. When they say they can roll four lines, yeah, oh, yeah. That, uh, LA can roll well, four yeah. lines. Like, that can all score on you. Four, yeah. A fourth line center is just ridiculous. I think the Canucks could be that nine, absolutely. I think they can get around all that. They could. They could. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think well, we that. Hey, hey, Kessler, Kessler doesn't score in the playoffs. Right? No, we know that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never really. Well, he'll be injured by then. It's not that he doesn't score. Okay, we'll jump into the Twitter questions. Yeah, sure. Okay, right. so we uh, I asked uh, and Omar asked some people on Twitter uh, asked us some questions because we need help, right? We don't need help. We just we like to engage help. with our fans. But okay, I don't, I don't know if we need help. Yeah, yeah, you might. Don't, don't, don't speak for us. Okay, so let's go. Uh, first question uh, from Anna Forsyth, uh, one of our a Canucks fan in England. Uh, she asks, "Is it too early to be worried about the blowout losses?" So the, the I guess what Miller's been in for three blowouts and Lack's been, and in, for been in for a couple. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe just to alter the question a little bit, how much does that concern you that the Canucks are susceptible to getting blown out as many times as they have? I don't, I don't really think, I think through an 82-game season, I find it hysterical that after the game ends, like you're reading the province or you're reading the game wraps and stuff like that, and Tony Gallagher, oh, the Canucks, you know, this just shows how weak they are and what they're... Dude, you're going to play 82 games in a year. You're going to have a couple of stinkers, right? I mean, that's just you're going to have, you're going to lose to crappy teams that you shouldn't be losing to. But at the same time, is it alarming that really out of the games that they've lost, they've only really been in two of them? I mean, that Tampa game where they kind of had a chance and against Nashville, it was what, 3-1 they ended up losing. Mm-hmm. So it's concerning in the fact that maybe there's something mentally in them that they break down if they get a couple of goals back. But they did beat Colorado. Was that so? I it's a little too early to be alarmed by it, but it should be something that people should be looking at, maybe with a little bit of concern. But I wouldn't too freak out too much about it at this point. Definitely too early. Um, you, like if you're looking at a blowout, blowout loss, and you're you're saying, "Oh, this is a bad sign on the psyche of the team," you just have to look at another game where they were down by a goal early and they came back. Right? They're not a weak team. They're not they're not fragile mentally. And, and if you were worrying about that, then every time they got scored on first, they should just walk away from that game, right? They should lose five goals. And that 
So yeah, it is too early. See, I think it's I think it is cause for concern. Um, obviously, every team is going to have their off night. Um, I know the Pasa de Bulos guys were talking about uh, in the 2010-2011 season, the Canucks actually got beat like seven one by the by the Blackhawks like mm-hmm. in November, right? And that was the best team in Canucks history, right? But I do think as you know when you know everybody's all the people defending Ryan Miller's save percentage right now and I do think there is it should be defended somewhat, but we kinda go, Oh well that's skewed by the three blowouts. As if those don't matter. Right? They do, yeah, they're part of the season. Yeah, so I, I, I think it it would be one thing if they were equaling as many blowouts in their favor as they were uh, against them. I think I might look at it a little bit differently, but I think it's it, every time it happens, it kind of gives me a bit of a a bit of an alarm bell where I go, oh, maybe this team is not as good as I think they are. Maybe it's just it's probably just the pessimist, <laughs> pessimistic Canucks fan coming out at me and going, oh no, it's happening again. But I don't know. It's cause for some worry, I guess. As okay. I play every side of the argument just now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks for giving us a definitive answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned, but I'm not. Yeah. I am, but I'm not. Sorry, yeah. we couldn't give you an, a question, an answer to your question there, Anna, right? Okay, so... Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, no. no. Should Jazz, we be right, maybe? Jazz, yes, no. no. I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the in the middle answer. Uh, okay, next question. Uh, this is from Alex Y. Why doesn't he have a last name? I don't know. He's just got the um, He says, why won't they try Cassian on the second power play unit? So this is getting back into what we were talking about with Cassian. And as much as I am not the biggest Cassian fan in the world, and, I, and I'm not sure I would just gift him a, a top six spot, he definitely should get gifted a, a second power play unit spot. Yeah, you, uh, Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I know Omar agrees with that, right? Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. 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 We can't read Willie Desjardins' mind, right? And we we all think he should be. Do we all think, yeah, he should be. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> well, you guys did like I thought it was a better question. Yes. Move on. The next one is from uh, Zachary Adams. Uh, with Horvat, Shinkarik, Jensen in the pipe, what future do you see for uh, upcoming unrestricted free agents? Uh, Richardson, Matthias, Sestito next year. And then I would also add in uh, Derek Dorsett is a UFA after this year. They're going to have trouble re-signing these guys um they've got a lot of third fourth line guys that are getting decent decent money i guess for third fourth you know decent money if they're just a fourth line guy um do they get re-signed who's coming back i mean this is maybe an end of the year question but i i've been wondering this recently as well how many of these guys are are not long for vancouver i would keep Matthias and Dorset. Matthias, he's just showing lately. He's just been showing more than what we saw last year. And again, it's always tough to move from conference to conference and maybe, you know, moving midway through the year. A lot of players do have a hard time adjusting to that. If he can deliver nine or 10 goals a year and, and play physical and be a good third, fourth line, fourth line probably for Matthias, I'd keep him in. I think Dorset's been real effective. So, But, the, but uh, now the, the trouble though is that you want Jensen on the team. I mean, he's got to be on the team next year, doesn't he? Is Jensen having another year? If he earns it, I mean, yeah. What about these three players that have been mentioned here? Hopefully, they're not on the bottom three lines, right? I mean, maybe Horvat is a you know a number three center, but the other two you're hoping they're in your top six, so they're not really replacing any of those. Yeah, yeah. You got to start somewhere, though. 
I'm well, then you got to be looking at Burroughs and because they only have so much money that they can they, they're going to be able. I know those guys are on rookie contracts. Young players, but, young players usually break into the league and they break in as third or fourth line guys. Um, does it do anything for Shankarik being a fourth line checker on the Canucks, not, or do you know, want him to score thirty goals playing, no, playing, yeah, and playing top flight minutes in no, the AHL? Put, I mean, him up, put him on the third line. Why can't they play third line? Who's who are they going to play with? And how, how are they? You know what? Yeah, uh, Bo Horvat next year on the third line. I think, unless the, my opinion, if either if either Shinkarik or Jensen aren't ready to be second line guys next year, you don't bring them up for another year. I, I mean, I don't think Shinkarik's ready next year to be a full time guy, but I think Jensen. I think. I think. No, you don't know. We don't know. Do you think you think Shinkarik's in the league next year? I think he can score flat out score goals, and yeah. I think if he learns well enough and yeah. fast and enough, do you think, why and do you think not? Jensen is too. Jensen, I don't, I'm on the fence with. I think he can. I mean, I don't think he's going to pan out to be a, a first line guy. No. I think his ceiling is, is second line, and he could be a decent second line player. But are we, we don't know. About yeah. Losing to Steel and Richardson. No, like, why do we care? Yeah. Well, no, I, I guess I'm just saying. I'm that's, just saying that's, that's a fair point. If these guys can come in and play in the NHL, yeah, let them go. Okay, yeah. here's my point, though, is that, is that Sorry, if these guys... If these, <laughs> yeah. Well, Sestito's yeah. gone. I mean, Sestito immediately gone. This discussion is about Richardson, Matthias, and Dorsey. gave him a picture on the weekend. Oh, really? Nice guy, but... Yeah. You gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. Derek Dor... I mean, Dorsa. I love Dorsa. Dorsa's playing well, yeah. perfect fourth-line guy. Reminds me a bit of Rafi Torres with worse hands. Um, and a little bit less crazy. And he's small. Is he? Is he? Is he? Is he Torres, Torres, like, Torres not that Torres, big either. Torres, yeah, they're both. They're both. Torres wasn't uh, a big dude either. Size, Torres, they're uh, stocky, right? Torres is a legit third line guy on a on a good team. We've seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Doris said, I think is is a good fourth line guy on a, yeah. again on a legit team. Yeah. Could you play him on your third and get away with it? Yeah, yeah but you're not gonna. It's like Chris Higgins. The Chris, old Chris Higgins argument is he's yeah. a, he's a good player. Are you gonna win a Stanley Cup with him on your second line? Probably he's not. He's only six feet tall. Dorsa? Yeah. Really? That is pretty damn. One ninety two is not. For... Dorsa is one ninety two. Wow, surprising. That's what it's listed on. That's surprising. Website. He plays a lot bigger though. Totally. Plays yeah, he plays bigger. Um, okay, let's get on to the next question uh, from Nathan. Uh, who in their prime would you rather see on the Canucks right now? So this is a kind of a hypothetical. If you could bring him back from. You know, any, isn't ago, any so question then? we're answering hypothetical because it's all our opinion anyway? Hey, with all the bloggers <laughs> coming, getting hockey jobs in the next, you know, in the last year, you never know. Uh, You're gonna come up with your you, own stats. Who now would you rather? Who would you rather, <laughs> who would you rather uh, bring back to the Canucks if they were in their prime right now? Uh, Ed Jovanovski, Sammy Salo, Matthias Oland, or Christian Erhoff? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I would knock off. I wouldn't take Salo or Erhoff in their prime between Jovo and Oland. Yeah. I would probably take Jovanovski because he was a legit was beast. Exciting. Yeah, he was he awesome. Used to get yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when they scored that? When Matt Cook scored that goal to tie it against Calgary, his reaction in the penalty box—that was so genuine. It was yeah. awesome to yeah. see. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah Ed Jovanovski. To answer the question, but, it's not that hard to answer. But do you remember Ed Jovanovski's <laughs> dumb penalty in the last minute of that same game, which is why he's in the penalty box and. <laughs> and Martin Jelinas scored the OT winner with him in the, in the box. He's a wild card, man. But he, the, the good comes with the bad with him, man. And when he was on, though, he was really good. He was like Carlson, right? Like, he might be a defensive liability, but... What he you, puts up what he's what a good he offensive player. Yeah, yeah. To excite fans, it was great. But I assume that one of you... I didn't... I thought you... I thought somebody was... I thought Jazz was going to say Airhoff. Well, don't tell no. me. No. <laughs> no. I thought you were going to say Airhoff. No, but... Um, yeah, I think, I think if you're looking at those guys, uh, Sallow and Oland are... You know, I think you need that... They need kind of that uh, that pep from the blue line. Yeah. Um, you know, we've already got Dan Hamus, so you don't need another yeah, Hamus kind of player, yeah. right? 
Uh, so probably I would say he I should would, be in the Ring of Honor or whatever eventually. Oh, yeah. Matias Olin, absolutely. absolutely. Yes, he sure. should be. He yeah. Should, yeah. What, they just stopped. I guess they put Pat Quinn in last year, but it's sort of. When I'm confused by the Ring of Honor, they did uh, late. Oh last year. yeah, uh, I'm confused by the Ring of Honor. It's kind of it's stupid, but I mean Matias Matias Olin should be yeah, in it. That's yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty dumb. I mean, I don't like, know what like it is. Orlin Curtinback is. I know he's their first captain, but hey, he, you're good enough to. We'll put you on the wall, but we're not going to retire your jersey. Like what well, is that? You can't retire all those. Well, then don't even. Yeah. What's the point in honoring them? Have a night for them, and maybe say we'll give a little thing. They were out. like loyal Canucks who who were the, okay. very important to the team, but like the seventh man when they retired. Was it number yeah. seven or something <laughs> for fan? Is it, I, come on, right? I, I like it for guys like Kirk McLean and Thomas Gradine and putting in guys every so often. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair they, enough. They know they're not going to get their jersey retired, but it's still pretty were, stupid, though. They were <laughs> the concept you know, of it, maybe, you know. But like, uh, have a night nice daughter and put a little thing up, you know, where. You have it inside the stadium or, in, you know, in Rogers Arena where yeah. you go a little section of, oh, you know, Canucks yeah. and you put them on the wall. They don't need to be hanging in the inside the arena thing. Yeah. Like, come on. They well, weren't that you, great. You know what I mean? Like, you add some history. You add some history to the team. They yeah. have no history. <laughs> Unfortunately. We just don't have a great history. The fan seven thing was the worst yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life, though, by the way. Yeah, when they were exactly. oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. come on. That was so <laughs> stupid, right? Uh, 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 funny story. Funny story with that is my wife was working for the Canucks at that time. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of caught wind of, uh, that they were going to do the seventh Canuck. Kind of before it hit hit the fan, right? Yeah. And I remember just hearing about this, and I'm like, and I was like, oh yeah, it's like sort of like the Seahawks do with their, you know, the twelfth man, twelfth man. And I was like, Except for I was like, actually cheer. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, they're they're like the loudest stadium in Seattle. Like yeah. we're not the loudest stadium. The loudest like, stadium in the in all of North America. I yeah, think if you right? look at and it. I'm yeah. Like, and I was like, we're not like particularly loud. We're not. We don't have like a great home record. We don't. I'm like, I just this just doesn't make any sense. No, that was horrible. That I mean, was. Just you remember like, they got Cliff Ronning to do the. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a slap in the face for the guy too, right? Like, well, <laughs> we'll put the number seven up. It's not mine. <laughs> but 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 they had him speak at it like and. Cliff Ronning, I, I loved him as a player, but he's not a spokesman. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. They make a lot of questionable decisions, man, like in terms of their PR front, but that's a topic for, we'll save that yeah. for another okay, day. Okay, <laughs> let's get into the next question uh, from Stephanie Pagani. Why do, you, why do you ask all these questions? You only ever ask, ask like four of them. Well, uh, Stephanie? That's because we only usually get about four no, of them. No. I just like to point out that this is question number five. Question number five. So I think I think I think I proved my point. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's get to a real one from uh, Pagani here. Uh, why does Omar get ready, Omar? Why does Omar enjoy making me look stupid? Man, I do not enjoy making Stephanie look stupid. I'm just gonna. You, enjoy, you just enjoy making everybody look stupid. I included. You're ripping me and your and the six might, pack. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, you should listen to Rob when he says that. <laughs> Even he feels the brunt of my <laughs> ire sometimes. Stephanie wrote this tweet after I I wrote a post uh, or I I said something about Yannick, you know, something about supporting Yannick Hansen like I always do. And she said, I think Hansen is probably a very nice person, but the second line was awesome before, and now dot 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 zero. I included her tweet in my post. I thought I was being nice to her because, hey, I'm 
featuring her beautiful Twitter account in the six pack. But Mentioned in the six pack is something to be excited about. It, it is, it is. is. But I mean, Vancouver's most nice read post game recap, right? I mean, you know, everybody <laughs> loves one, one of yeah. one of them. <laughs> top Step top I three. I mentioned a lot of people out of in three. The six pack. <laughs> and yeah. I was just I was just trying to find a tweet that went against Hanson so I could you know go against the green as I always do, right? Um, yeah. Stephanie, please don't feel hurt. Omar's got love for you, Stephanie. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. I do, I do. All right, yeah, last question from our own Jay Adams. Uh, he's a writer for yeah. City Buzz. Uh, he asks, and I'm glad he did this because we have to talk about the Vancouver Grizzlies on every podcast. I think we have so far on each one. Yes. Um, they will never asks, die in our hearts. He right? asks, if you were going to buy a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey, which player would you get on, on the jersey? And why? And give give us your top three. Do you want to start us off, Jess? No, I'd go. Or, well, number one would have to be Sharif Abdurrahim because he was the best Grizzly, which isn't obviously saying much for the franchise while they were here. But I still love Sharif Abdurrahim because he worked his ass off. So I'd go Abdurrahim one, even though I would not like all the lettering in the back of the jersey. I think it's way too busy. But <laughs> <laughs> I would go uh, Abdurrahim. Damn, the rest of them suck too. They weren't a very good team. Yeah, I get that. I've got a list. I got a list. If I, 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 I got to start, yeah, well, yeah, well, I got three. Yeah, you know, I wrote, I wrote this down. I've prepared a little bit, right? Uh, I'm going with Sharif as well. I actually, I still own Sharif Abdurrahim's number three, the black, the, the black, black jersey. Okay. Yeah, I remember the black with just the. Can you wear it one time next time we go out for beers and stuff like that? <laughs> I should. Okay. I, I like, I like the jersey. My wife. I'm holding you to it. My no. wife doesn't agree. She you better be wearing that next time we go. Okay. I'm trying to look thug or something. I don't know if she just thinks. You can't look thug in a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. Well, period. Right? I, I can't. I. I just. It doesn't look. I can't look thug. And if you're in your 30s, no matter what I do. Hey Omar, and if you're 30s, you look like a 12 year old boy still. So I'll go Sharif. Uh, Byron Scott. Really? Uh, Byron Scott was, yeah, super clutch coming off the bench in their first year. You know, like, clutch? Like, the team won like 15 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was he clutch? Byron Scott. He had a couple of threes to pull the game to within 18, right? But I mean, that's about it. Byron Scott. And you got to give respect to Byron Scott. And, uh, and, and I don't you almost like look back at the Grizzlies as like their glory year was like their first year because like they were bad, but they were, that was the only year that they were actually really supposed to be terrible? Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah, look at it as a glory. Any year you finish 50-some-odd games below 500 can <laughs> never were, be hey, mistaken for a glory. They were 2-0. Oh. They were 2-0. Oh. They were 2-0. Oh. I think and they lost 19 straight after that, though. They That's did, it. Did, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the third guy I get, just because it would be funny, and I would like to wear number double zero, Benoit Benjamin. Yeah. How long was he? He was only here for 12 or 13 games, I think. Yeah, he was, he was their first ever center. And he had 29 yeah. and 13 yeah. in the first yeah. game at Portland. That won the game. That's right. Never forget. I remember that. No. <laughs> yeah, useless yeah. Grizzly stat of the day. Benoit yeah. Benjamin, twenty nine and thirteen. Yeah. Were, you a, were you a Grizzlies fan, Omar? Oh yeah, I used to go for sure. I yeah, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. If you're buying a Grizzlies jersey, it's a joke, right? Isn't it a joke? You're doing it as a joke. So why no, would you not? It's coming it, back. Why would you not? <laughs> play, um, big country's name on the back country? because that is just the ultimate Grizzly. Yeah. Ever. That's a sums I, up the Grizzlies. Yeah, right it just sums I, up everything, I, and people will laugh when these. What you wrote, Brian? I still have my big country jersey. I bought it in the first year, and I was Does like, it fit? Yeah, I, I look a little bit. I, my my stomach's poking out like big country. Too. <laughs> well, you gotta wear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we gotta wear that one. Yeah, I was, yeah, okay. I was, I was yeah, it's my, I bought it oversized as, as uh, we used to do back. In Tell me, it's a teal one too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, you're wearing it next yeah, time we yeah. go. <laughs> People will laugh. Yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, we'll wrap up this podcast with that. Check it out at bandcitybuzz.com. Should have another one up in the next maybe. 
Yeah, three we, months. We, we decided to get together. We're gonna try to do this. We're gonna try to do this once a month. Okay. Yeah. All right. So make sure you check it out at vancitybuzz.com, and thank you all for listening.